because you are a great machine. You know, I mean, we all are. Uh, but also we're, we're often, no, not often, we always are our biggest roadblo roadblocks. Welcome to The Wayfinder Show with Adam Lacey and Luis Hernandez, where guests discuss the why and how of making changes in their life that led them down a greater, more authentic path or allowed them to level up in some area of their life. Our goal is to dig deep and provide not only knowledge, but actionable advice to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Come join us and find the way to your dream life. All right, welcome back to the Wayfinder Show. Adam, how are you doing today? Another great day, Louis. No no complaints here. How about yourself? No, I man, I could complain all day, but that's yeah. not what we're here for, are we? <laughs> we're gonna so what's uh, up? Well, we uh no, no, really, I, I don't have any complaints, man. I, I'm uh, I'm blessed right. right now. Yeah, life is life is really good. Really, really good. Um cool. the uh but I'm also really excited because we have, uh, you know, we always talk about how we're a member of this uh, uh, Go Abundant to Merge group. And for the listeners who don't know, they break us up into these little groups we call pods. And for almost a year now, I've been a member of this pod uh, with like four other like really badass men who I feel really privileged to be around. And uh, they, they lift me up to another level. And the guy who I kind of think of as, you know, one of our ringleaders here is with us today. So I'm excited to have him on. And that's uh, Todd Concien. Todd, how you doing today, man? Hey, Louis, I'm doing great. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the show, Todd. Appreciate having you. Um, Thank you. Adam. Can we start off by you just giving the listeners a little bit about your background, who you are? Yeah, sure. So... Um, born and raised in Texas, Southeast Texas, specifically a, a small little town outside of Beaumont, uh, Texas, which is, you know, in the Southeast corner, kind of up against the Louisiana border, uh, roughly a hundred miles east of Houston. And if you know anything about the area, it, uh, it's where uh, Spindletop was oil discovery. So we're very rich oh. in, uh, uh, oil and gas, very rich in, in energy in general. So with that comes a lot of industry. Um, but yeah, grew up very, uh, no, pretty normal life, middle class. Um, I'm the oldest of four. Uh, my dad, uh, is an entrepreneur, was an entrepreneur. He was, uh, he wasn't great in high school, but he learned to trade and that was, uh, to be a butcher. And, and oddly enough, when he graduated high school, um, you know, he didn't really want to work for anyone else. And his grandfather, my great grandfather, financed him to purchase an old grocery store and he started a butcher shop which you know one led to another and he began to do other things such as restaurants and it was just one business after the other and and uh that's kind of how i grew up you know my uh my middle school was just down the street from one of his businesses and every day after school i, I would walk down there and and i would work you know until it was closed and and that's really um all all I really knew. So um, I was a fairly decent student in uh, in, in high school, but um, when the time came for when the time came for me to to graduate and go to college, 
um, I would say I was a little conflicted because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I took, it took me a little bit, but I, I actually ended up going to University of North Texas up uh, just north of Dallas in Denton. And uh, things progressed there. I was actually studying medicine at the time. And at the ripe old age of 20, um, I had a pivotal thing happen in my life. And uh, I actually had an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm. And uh, that happened while I was in a lecture one day. And uh, one of the scariest moments of my life, I'll tell you, because I went blind. Uh, I, I'd oh, kind wow. of been sick leading up to that. Um, but it was it was a, definitely an emergency situation where I was rushed to the hospital. Um, they tried to contain that for a number of days by putting in, me into a into a coma. Um, but at the end of the day, they, they, they couldn't control it without doing surgery, which means, you know, obviously you know, going in or removing, you know, the, the, the brain that's damaged. Uh, and that left me with a long, a long recovery. I often tell people that that uh, took a year of my life, but it gave me so much more. Um, but it was definitely a pivotal time. So, yeah. So from that, from then, um, you know, Outside of the recovery, it, it, it took me a little while to kind of find my way. I eventually finished school, went back to college and finished school. And I really uh, entered into the true, um, you know, working environment in, in 2003. And like most of us that live in Southeast Texas, um, I, I started working in plants, uh, specifically manufacturing plants. And I worked in those for almost 20 years. And um, you know, operations became, became a plant manager and was leading, you know, large groups of people on the order of three to 400, you know. Um, but I would say that somewhere along the way, and I would say specifically in the 2008 time period, uh, you know, during the, the housing crash, um, I lost a lot of money in my retirement accounts, as I know a lot of people did. And when I say a lot of money, it was six figures. And um, it was really at this point where I decided to make a change or, or started going down a path to make a change. And it's really when I got into the idea of financial independence. You know, I had seen my, my father and his entrepreneur career become successful. I mean, as a kid, he worked a lot. But he made his own schedule. He could do what he wanted. He worked on his own terms. And 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 for me at that point, that was something I was looking for as well. Um, you know, the final the financial crash just kind of you know led me to that. So I at the time I was studying a lot about uh, financial independence, financial freedom, and I'd always had a, an interest in uh, real estate. But I hadn't really done anything about it. I really hadn't taken any action. Um, so, you know, from that point, you know, I, I continued to put my, my head to the ground and, and, and really work and work and work. Um, and another, I would say eight or nine years later, um, my kids, which I have two children, they had, you know, grown up and they were in their college careers. And my wife and I, we took an opportunity in North Carolina, we moved and I was running a manufacturing plant there. And it wasn't until that time where I really started to invest in real estate. And I started buying single family homes uh, just north just north of Raleigh. 
which my wife and I, when we, when we got there, we could see definitely that it was kind of the path of progress. So we started buying single family residences, uh, value add situations. We'd fix them up and we'd rent them. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. We did that for three or four years. We had, you know, a handful of properties and, uh, you know, at, at the same time, my kids back in Texas, they were growing up, you know, they were graduating college in that time frame. They had significant others uh, getting married. And uh, a short while later, we had our first uh, our, our first grandchild. And one day we're sitting there and my, my wife looked at me and said, hey, what are we doing here in North Carolina? You know, we've got to get back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did. And, you know, leading up to that. I was looking for employment back in Texas and I really wasn't satisfied with anything that I found. You know, my, my heart wasn't in it. I had been in, in manufacturing for 20 years and, you know, I just had enough. You know, I was I was always, you know, it's 24 seven operations. Phone would ring all hours of the day and the night. There was never a time where, you know, I was I was not working, you know, even on vacation, you know. You're just you're you're working. Um, so I made the decision, you know, I I, I got interested in um, self-storage that kind of piqued my interest. I felt like at that time I was wanting to graduate from residential real estate into commercial. And, you know, self-storage felt like a, a good spot for me. It was something I was interested in. So one of the first moves that I made was to purchase a self-storage facility. And I sell, I, I, I purchased one site unseen back in wow. Texas. Yeah. An area where, you know, in my hometown. So I knew the area. I knew about the facility. Um, but I didn't know the details of it, but through my due diligence, I could tell that it was going to be a good deal for us. So we went ahead and did that. Um, so what attracted the, you to self storage specifically? Um, you know, I'd, I'd fallen in love with the residential stuff for sure, but with self-storage, uh, one, you know, it truly is a commercial property. Um, so there is some attraction to that. You know, there are value add opportunities that you don't, you know, in, in commercial spaces that you, you don't have in, in residential, you know, in residential, you're at the, the mercy of the market, right? I mean, yeah. it's based on a square foot, um, you know, in a given area, you're only going to be able to add so much value. But in the commercial space, it's uh, it's different, you know, so you have a lot of uh, opportunities there. But the other thing about, um, you know, one of the things you often hear with, with real estate investors and single family residences is, you know, you're dealing with tenant issues. You're dealing with higher operation costs when you have turnovers, higher maintenance costs. So for me, I was looking to reduce all those things and, and self-storage kind of uh, tick those boxes, you know, because it's interesting. You have a piece of real estate where people don't reside, you know, so you don't have the higher, you know, operating costs that you do in, in residential. And while you have tenants, they're not actually, you know, in the space. But one thing that I was, you know, very interested in is I chose a niche within self-storage that was very narrow and 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 what it is is boat and rv it's larger units it's not smaller units and i found that to be very attractive because you know with these larger units uh it's a it's a different demographic 
you know, so your, your, your customer, your consumer is, is a little bit different than what you would think of as, uh, what we, we typically think of as a mini storage, right? So the value of the contents in the space is higher. So, you know, people aren't going to abandon them. And that's one of the things you see a lot with self storage, right? So oh. the occupancy is quite long. So typically when you have someone in the space, they stay in the space for a long time. So the turnover is not there and you can manage them remotely. So one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to to manage something from my cell phone wherever I was, you know, and um, and it it kind of ticked all those boxes. And the other thing was, is when I looked at the deal, um, this was right during COVID. The first thing I noticed was there was a lot of upside in just raising the the, the rents to a market rent because it was, a, you know, it was a, a small owner that hadn't raised rents in forever um, I, I could just see that there's a lot of potential there. But the other thing that was happening, and if you remember back in 2020, is the government was incentivizing people to purchase businesses with SBA loans. Yeah. And what they were doing is they were subsidizing anywhere from six months to a year of your mortgage where, you know, you know, they would pay that and you didn't have to pay anything. So for me, that meant, hey, that's great. You know, I could, uh, you know, I could get into something and I could you know, pocket all the cash for the first, you know, six months and have six months of my loan paid down. And, and that was fantastic. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there were a lot of things that, that, that drew me to that, but yeah, so that's, that's reason, you know, why I chose that. Uh, the other thing that I did is, is because I couldn't, I wasn't really happy with the employment opportunities. Um, it was interesting because I was working with a, with a, uh, a headhunter an executive recruiter, and, you know, they could tell things weren't going well. And I, and I wasn't happy after, you know, several months. And uh, one of them said, hey, have you ever thought about, you know, purchasing a business? And I said, well, yeah, you know, I grew up. My father was an entrepreneur. I've been in business most of my life. He said, well, you know, I've, I've got a contact I'd like to connect you with. And it was a franchise consultant. I said, well, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a look at that. My parents had actually owned a franchise uh, that did not do very well. So it was, I wasn't real sure about that, but it was in the, it was in the food business, you know, so I really wasn't sure about that. But when I connected with a franchise consultant, it was totally different than what I thought. All of the businesses that were presented to me were service type businesses and they were really all centered around real estate, which I already had a love for because I already had a portfolio of, you know, single family residences. My wife and I had done a lot of the work ourselves. Uh, you know, and, and we just love them. We love maintaining our homes and, you know, taking care of our tenants. So, um, you know, finally we went through the process and I chose one. And, and what I ended up doing is, is purchasing a territory, uh, back in Texas, uh, for a professional handyman service. And that's one of the businesses that we own today. Um, awesome. and that's been a lot of, a lot of fun. Yeah. What did that process look like? Was that a full on? They have you take a bunch of <laughs> disc assessment type of stuff and, and just really dig into what you want or or what did that look like with the franchise consultant? Yeah, exactly. I mean, when they go through that with you, you know, it's it's very similar to, you know, sort of a disc assessment. They want to know what you're looking for, what you're not looking for. And they spend a lot of time up front um, learning about you. You know, obviously they want to know, you know, your involvement, you know, what type of businesses you, you want to look at, but your involvement. Do you want to be active? Do you want to be passive? Um, 
you know, what do you like? What do you not like? How many employees do you want or do you not want employees? So there's a lot of questions that lead up to that. And, you know, as they go through that assessment of you, um, they'll come back and they'll they'll show you a bunch of different options. And what they do is they actually set up calls with each one of these businesses and allow you to have conversations. And it's not just one, it's it's multiple conversations. And you also get to do due diligence with uh, existing franchise owners. Um, you get access to what's called a, a, an FDD or a financial agreement, which shows you performance, um, you know, the, the financial performance of the organization. Um, and, you know, on your side, it's your, it's your responsibility to do due diligence on your side to make sure that it's going to, it's going to be a good fit. So, yeah, so it was very interesting and we were connected with a lot of great franchises, but ultimately the one we, we settled on, um, you know, the one we have today is a professional handyman business. So, yeah. That's awesome. Hmm. What made that one stand out above all, all the other ones? Well, by far the brand, it's a very recognizable brand. And the one thing I always tell people that are interested in franchises is really that's what you're purchasing is, is a brand. You have to remember when you, when you purchase into a franchise, you're going to pay some royalties uh, month in and month out back to it. And you want to make sure that, um, you know, it's worth it. Right. So the brand really allows you to build a good customer base from the beginning. And if it's a strong enough brand, uh, you're going to have a good support network around you, which means systems in place, uh, franchise owners that are a community for you uh, that you can rely on. Um, for questions, for support, uh, you can go and visit, uh, you can look at financials of what others are doing and share best practices. And really, you know, that's really the beauty of a franchise system is you're an individual business owner and there's a lot of, you know, flexibility in how you run your business. Um, but it's still within a structure, right? So you're not alone. The other thing I'll tell you is I did, um, do some due diligences due diligence on some some pre-existing businesses outside of franchise at the same time i was i was really doing this in parallel so uh, i had looked at a couple of hvac independent hvac companies um and ultimately the thing that drew me back to the franchise was that community it was that brand hmm. um and that was a tough decision right because i mean when you buy a, a, an existing business you're buying an existing customer base and and, and cash flow, which you don't have when you start a brand new business, you know, you, you, you have to build that. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, I felt like the equity that we, that we would have the ability to build in, in our own franchise business was, was well worth it. So. Hmm. You know, when, when you were first going down that entrepreneurial journey and you started, you know, after 2008 and you took interest in, in, um, you know, more of the financial, you know, just learning more about how to gain your financial independence. But what were, what did that look like? What resources did you seek? Was it, you know, what mentors, uh, people, books, what, like, how did, how did, what did that look like? Yeah, I'll tell you, man, it was podcast. I mean, yeah. I have really had not been introduced to podcasts before. Um, and then, you know, I want to say one of the first ones I ever, ran into was Mr. Money Mustache. And if you know mm -hmm. anything about the financial independence, the fire movement, um, 
you know, he's a name that, that, that comes up. But, you know, when I got into that, it led me to, to many, many others. And I got into that community. You know, it was just, you know, books, podcasts. Um, but at the same time, you kind of feel alone because, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of people around me uh, that were into that. You know, whether it was my coworkers or friends or whatever, I, I've, you know, I always, you know, it's just kind of this independence. It was no, you know, it's almost taboo in our society today to talk about money or wealth generation right. or anything like that. Um, but, you know, for me, I had kind of found that, um, that community through podcasts and books and just online communities and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and then I kind of coupled that with, with real estate as well. So, my, my wife at the time was actually a real estate agent and, oh. and it was, I mean, it was very tough. I mean, you know, Louis, it was 2008 it was very difficult to sell homes and she eventually let her, her license lapse, but we were so, you know, interested in getting into real estate that we started, we started going to, uh, you know, real estate investment groups, you know, mm-hmm. um, we wanted to get around people who were doing what, uh, we wanted to do, even though we were, you know, a bit fearful at the time, we wanted to get around those people. So I would say it was kind of a combination of, the, of that fire movement and and the real estate groups and us really, you know, getting entrenched in those communities. Just putting yourself around other people who were in there and had the interests and everything, right? Absolutely. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Can we dig a little bit more into your the, the health issues that you mentioned, your brain, because if I recall correctly, uh, you know, sorry to change the tone on this, but, you, you know, there were some lingering effects that came out of that, too, right? That yeah. up until recently that affected you. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned that, you know, it took a year of my life, but it gave me so much more. And I mean, we could probably spend an hour just on that. But yeah. You know, when you have something like that happen to you, there's a lot of additional things that happen that are kind of secondary, but they are, they last a long time. So, you know, for instance, during that period of time, you know, you're on an incubator for a long time. Well, you know, I had a, a lung injury. One of my, one of my lungs collapsed. So, oh you know, I, I had a, you know, I lived with a tube in the, in the side of my chest for some time. Um, you know, and you have tubes coming out of your body. You just have, you know, instruments and 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 things in your body, and you know that does damage. You know, and yeah. that does damage, and that has long lasting effects. So, you know, that had a a long lasting effect on my body long term that I've been dealing with. Um, and usually, you know, it, 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 it's scar tissue. You know, the scars are great because they're reminders of humanity. Uh, but they do cause issues that you have to, you know, you have to address. And then there's emotional scars, you know, I mean, I always tell people that here this was, I was 20 years of age, you know, arguably the prime of your life, you know, here you are a, a young man, you're supposed to be top physical health. And, and uh, I was basically bedridden, you know, for, mm. for nearly a year and um, with rehabil- rehabilitation to, to walk and to speak and um, you know, you're relying on other people to either feed you or, you know, mm. you, you, you can't go to the, to the, to the restroom on your own. Um, you know, it was one of the darkest times of my life, sure. but at the same time, 
you know, it was during that moment where, you know, there was a, there was a change in me for sure. Um, I remember one day just sobbing and weeping and, you know, in a dark room. And, 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 and one of the things that happened is I had gone blind. And when you, when you, when this happened, you lose control of your, your eyes. So I was having to wear a patch on one eye for a period of time. And then it was just humiliating. You know, I mean, I don't know if any other way to say it other than humiliating. Again, you know, here you are, this 20, 20 year old, and you're relying on, you know, you're basically a child again. But I remember one day, you know, a dark room and I'm crying and I'm sobbing and, and I'm, I'm crying out, you know, why? Why is this happening to me? And it was in that moment that that something came back and it struck me. Uh, and I tell people it was almost like a bolt of lightning. It was that energetic. And what came back to me was, why not you? It's not about you. And it was hmm. just like that in that moment that my life changed. And it, and it, and it changed for the better, right? Because it gave me perspective. And it was in that moment that I realized that while it was a difficult situation, it was actually a gift. And it was a gift not only to myself, but the people that I was going to have the opportunity to interact with. Right now that's taken me a long time. So it wasn't like the next day I, I, I walked out of the house and I started, you know, living that, you know, I've, right. I've, I've learned something, you know, every day of my life since then, you know, and, and, and how I'm, you know, touching people, but um, a very powerful moment, you know, and, and again, I think it, it gives, it gave me perspective, you know, so, so yeah, that's why I say it, it nearly took a, a year of my life, but it gave me so much more. So Todd, I, I wanted to bring this up because uh, for, for the short time I've known you, you, you're, you're very wise and you're also very positive. And every time that we chat, which is once a week, right? There's something mm -hmm. else that comes out that I'm like, wow, how, how, you know, how is he survived this long and how is he so positive you know what i mean and and uh and one of our pod mates even last i think a week or two ago said like you know we talked about it and he said like you are one tough you are one tough mf -er, right because of all this stuff what is it where where does that toughness and that positivity and and everything come from i know you you talked about this moment but what what keeps you going you know, I, I think when it comes down to it is we only have one life to live, right? Yeah. I mean, our, our time on this life is, is, is limited. It just is, you know, and we have a choice on how we want to live it and how we want to leave our legacy, meaning, you know, how we influence the people around us. You know, I, I had that experience in my life, but also in my life, you know, I've had, uh, I, I've, I've lost an uncle to suicide. Hmm. I've lost two cousins to suicide. Just in the last couple of years, uh, my family was 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 devastated because I lost, um, you know, a nephew uh, at the age of you know five or six to a, to a, to a heart condition. You know, but it's all of those things. I mean, when you recognize those things again, it puts your life in perspective. And when you realize you only you only get one chance at this. It really is a choice. You know, I mean, you, you, you get to wake up every day and live your life by choice. And, and, you know, how am I going to live it? You know, and, 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 you know, not only for myself, but for you, for Adam, for my kids, for my wife, and now my grandkids. I have four beautiful grandkids. Mm -hmm. I want to kick ass. You know, I want, I want to grab this life by the horns and, 
you know, I, I want to live the best life possible for, for them and for the people around me, you know? So I think that's where it comes from, you know? And, um, you know, it's unfortunate that sometimes people, you know, things have to happen to us in order for that light to switch. Um, but it really, it, you know, I go back to it. it. It, it puts life in perspective and, you know, for me, there's no other way to live. I wouldn't have it any other way, you know? Yeah. You're also a man of deep faith, Todd. How, how has that affected your perspective on life and all of these challenges you've had? Yeah, it's a good question. I was, you know, I was raised, I'm a, I'm a cradle, a cradle Catholic, um, you know, and I had gone away from my faith during that period where I had, uh, you know, the, the, the brain, the brain injury there. Um, but again, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's a process. I mean, from that day to now, I think, you know, even growing in my faith, um, and really growing with community and the people around me. You know, I, I see today the world that we live in, um, you know, it's just so many dark points in, in what we have out there. Um, and I don't want my kids, I don't want my grandkids living in that. I don't want them to grow up in that. I want them to have, you know, light. I don't want them to have darkness. I think so much of our society today is about discouragement, you know, discouraging us to do certain things. And I, I want to flip that around. I want encouragement. And I think my faith, uh, you know, my, my, my base of my faith, um, you know, allows me to do that. You know, there is hope. There is something out there. There is light. There is a reason to live. There is a reason to live big. There is a, a reason to be positive, uh, to be loving, to be caring. You know, it, 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 I, I just don't see any other way to, to live this one shot that we have, you know. So outside of your business, what what else are you doing? Because I know, you know, as we know, GoBundance also has pillars of of you know, um, bucket list adventures and things like that. What are, what are your big goals outside of growing your business and and you know, being a father and grandfather? Yeah, so um, you know, physical fitness has always been a big thing for me, even before the brain injury, but even so, uh, since then. You know, like like Louis, marathon runner, um, triathlete. Um, so I love I love doing all those things. I love the community around those things. I love challenging my physical body. So that's a big thing for me. I always try to compete in several events each year, whether that be a marathon, triathlons, uh, or anything like that. And now I'm getting to the point where I want to do it with others. Um, I just ran a race here recently with my uh, son-in-law, which was a lot of fun. So, you know, I'm a big swimmer. I love to swim um, and, and run as well. Um, you know, my wife and I, we're in a position now where we like to travel. We've always liked to travel. But uh, when we moved back to Texas, one of the first purchases we made was a, was a motorhome. Um, so we've made several trips. We, you know, each year we, we've, you know, planned out trips to take with a motorhome. And we're planning on doing that with the grandkids as well. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, We've traveled overseas quite a bit. We've been very fortunate to do that, experience, you know, other cultures. Yeah. And then I would say more recently, it's just about giving back, you know, so whether it be within my business or in my personal time, it's really just being um, part of the community, um, you know, whether it's with my church or through my business. I'm a member of five different chamber of commerce, several networking you know, organizations, and there's always opportunities to give back to people. And when, and it's not always financial, it's, it's time, it's, 
mentoring. I love to mentor. So mentor young business owners or, um, you know, high school students that are looking to go out into the world and do something, whether that's college or skilled trades or whatever. Um, And then, you know, just outdoors. I love outdoors. So anything outdoors, you know, hiking, camping, you know, love doing all that kind of stuff. There's something about being outdoors and close to nature that really gives, gives you peace, you know? Um, Yeah. So, so we really love doing that too. So any upcoming uh, opportunities in the business that you're looking at as well or. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've always had, um, and there's always opportunities. It's funny because once you get into business and get into real estate, yeah, all of a sudden things start coming your way, right? That's right. Um, but there's there's opportunities for additional franchise ownership, whether it's in the in the same uh, you know professional handyman or you know there's other uh, franchises such as you know for instance a painting franchise that's come available um, that we're looking at, at possibly getting into, but by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, you just build that network and all of a sudden, you know, it's like every day a, a new real estate deal comes across your desk or a new business, you know, uh, opportunity comes across your desk and it's fun to analyze it and see if it's something you're interested in, if it's something that supports what you're doing or, uh, you know, distracts you or, or, or whatever that may be. And, and sometimes the deal's not right for you, but it's it's it maybe something someone else you know is, is right for. But yeah, there's always something I think right now we're looking at additional franchise units. Um, we've actually had offers for our self-storage facilities, but we've also looked at other, um, self-storage facilities as well. So, uh, you know, it's always that sort of thing happening, but yeah, it's, it's always exciting. Do you still have your properties in Raleigh? No, we actually sold, uh, the last one earlier this year. Um, we actually sold it to our tenant, which is kind of nice. That's one thing that we love to do is, uh, we finance, we finance some owner finance, some, um, allowing, you know, some of our tenants to be homeowners sometimes for the first times in their lives. If they're, you know, oftentimes young families, um, sometimes, you know, it's people that have fallen on hard times and getting back on their feet and we love the opportunity to give it back to them. But, um, I sold all of my properties in, in North Carolina. Um, and I've got, uh, just picked up our first, another residential, uh, you know, single family here in Texas, um, that we're getting up and running this, this month. So just bringing everything closer to us. So Todd, we're, we're about at that point where we'd like to ask our famous world famous wayfinder for you ready. I'm ready. All right. So Todd, give us a hack. A hack. Okay. You know, so as I've gotten older, uh, I've, I've come to appreciate sleep, right? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you realize that a third of our time on this earth is is spent sleeping, you know, and it's the time for recovery and rest and rejuvenation. So one of the things that my wife and I do is we use a supplement called Calm. It is a magnesium supplement. We, our bedtime is usually about 10 p.m. Uh, and it's a little mix that you put in your drink. We usually do that about eight o'clock. It was, it's interesting because we've been using it for a number of years now, but, um, one of the micro trap calls within the last couple of months was, a uh, a doctor and it was one of the suggestions that he, he, uh, had given. And I was like, oh yeah, that's a great product. We use that too. But, uh, it's just, it's a great stress reliever. It helps you go to sleep. It helps you, 
um, you know, just recover. But yeah, that's that's one hack that I would recommend. Oh, cool! I thought you were going to. Uh, I'm going to throw in another one for you. Yeah, I know you shared with us an app called I Am, which is uh, yeah, positive yeah, affirmations absolutely. we get a few times throughout the day. Absolutely. I uh, you put me onto it. I I look forward to seeing that man. There's days when that yeah. really turns my whole day around for the better. So I, I'm going to add awesome. that one to your your hacks because it's a good one. Yes, awesome. Yeah, Thank three. You. Yeah. How does yeah. that work, Lily? It just I am. It's an app. It just sends you a message saying something positive that you repeat to yourself. You know, like I am awesome. Got and it. um, and you know, there's it, it, it comes up. I think uh, every couple hours or something, right? You can set it, and it's really good. It's really good. I mean, there's been days, honestly, when I've been down, and I see that, and like I say, it, and it just kind of helps you reframe your mindset. So yeah, I think you know we talked about it earlier. I mentioned it. You know, so much discouragement around us, um, whether it be on the news or just what you see around you. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's really a lack of encouragement. And I think affirmations is one of the strongest tools that we could use. Um, that people don't use. It's not very common. I mean, we talk about it a lot in our, in our pod group, but mm -hmm. um, affirmations, you know, really help you achieve your best self, you mm -hmm. know, and I think it's something that you, you need. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan. Yeah. That's cool. So you didn't mention it, but that's something you put me on to. So I, I'm going to add it to your, your hacks. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for that. All right. Now give us a favorite. A favorite. Uh, well, I guess I could keep with the sleep theme. Uh, I love my tuft and needle mattress, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, sleep, you know, in addition to the, to the calm that I mentioned before, uh, you know, my wife and I were very, very much into the, the whole sleep and making sure that everything is right, you know. Um, but the mattress, tuft and needle, I mean, I've, I've slept on that thing now for several years. Uh, and I would say that's, that's one of the best purchases we've ever made. Uh, so comfortable that that's my favorite. I know I don't know if that. What is it? What makes it so special? It's a foam mattress, but I mean, when you lay on it, you just fall into it. It just it gives you you know kind of a a body hug. It just it's almost like you're you're floating huh. on air, you know. And um, okay, yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. What about what is something you would tell your younger self? You could... Oh, my younger self. I think it would be bet on yourself. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, I think it's common. It was for me at a young age. And I think it's, it's common for a lot of young people is, is, uh, to lack a little bit of confidence. You know, I mean, you're going out into the world. I mentioned that, you know, it was a little bit of a period there out of high school and before college where I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I don't know if that's so true as if it's more accurate to say I knew I know what I wanted to do. I just didn't have the support system around me or again, the encouragement around me to really pursue that, you know, and maybe there was a little bit of fear there. Um, but, you know, I, it's just, I, I would tell myself, have confidence. You know, there's no one out there that's going to have more confidence in you than yourself. And when you lack that, you really limit it. And, and I, I go back, you know, if, Without that, uh, without that confidence, you will never achieve, you know, your best self. Now, don't be cocky, you know, because you can go too far with it, but really have confidence because you are a great machine. You know, I mean, we all are, uh, but also we're, we're often, no, not often. We always are our biggest road, roadblocks. 
You know, I mean, the old saying, you can achieve whatever you want is true. I, I truly believe in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's ourself that typically holds us back from achieving uh, our greatest self. So, mm. yeah. So believe in yourself. You know, you can do anything you want. I really believe that. Now, what's one thing that prevents people from being happy in their lives? Mm. Yeah, this is such a good question. Um, and I think I want to answer this in two ways is, you know, first, just on that space value, I, I, would, I would say it's fear. Um, I think there's so many times where I meet with people that don't even think about dreams or goals. Um, and when you get down to it, it's because they have fear, right? They have fear um, that comes from so many places, you know, f- fear to take the step of, of of maybe failing or doing something wrong. Um, but really fear is a result of a lack of faith. And it kind of goes back to what I just told you and believing yourself, whether that's, you know, faith in yourself or faith in a higher power or faith in your ability to, to fail and learn from something. Um, but I think you know, fear is one of the things that keeps us from being happy. Now, with that said, I do think happiness is somewhat of a fleeting thing because um, it's almost like you get on that hedonic treadmill, right? So you seek out things for to make you happy and you may be happy for a little while and then you, 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 you know, it gets old and then it's on to the next thing, right? So it's like, you know, okay, that bowl of ice cream made me happy for a moment, but you know, now I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, or I'm gonna go out and buy this new car, and you know, that's cool for a few minutes, but then I'm not happy. So, really, I think what we should be after is a state of joy. And you know, I, I look at some of the greatest figures that I've kind of looked at and learned. Um, you know, people like Mother Teresa. You know, Mother Teresa found rit- richness in poverty. Uh, Nelson Mandela is another one. You know, Nelson Mandela found freedom while imprisoned. And these are really, you know, them being joyful. Them And, and, and the difference is, is happiness comes from an external. You know, it's a result of us from, an ex, from something external, while joy comes from internal. And that takes a lot. And most people never get there, right? But it's about being joyful in whatever situation there is, right? So, you know, I go back to my brain aneurysm in the, in the, the time that I had there. And, and while I may not have had joy then, I have joy now looking back on that in those moments that I was in. Um, yeah, so I know that's a, a long-winded answer to that, and I answered it a couple of different ways. But, yeah, I think that's Im- that's important, is really see- seeking and searching and finding joy you know, internally within yourself. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. So, um, Todd, if anybody wants to know a little bit more about you, is there a certain way they can reach out to you? Yeah, I'm not a big social media user, so I would invite people to kind of connect with me. Uh, I'll give you my phone number. You know, give me a call, send me a text message. My phone number is 765-717-9988. Or feel free to send me an email. It's simply toddconcien at gmail.com. That's T-O-D-D-C-O-N-C-I-E-N-N-E at gmail.com. Either way, would love to connect. And, uh, you know, any anybody that wants to talk or discuss or any way that I can add value, 
I'd love to connect with them. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. You know, uh, first of all, that was very brave of you, you know, that you just put it out to the 7 billion people in the world who are going to listen to this episode. <laughs> so get ready, man, for your phone to blow up. But there was one more thing. You also did a podcast for a little while. I did. And uh, I've listened to quite a few of them before, you know, we check out. Do you want to refer people to that? Because I actually think it's a pretty important podcast you had. Yeah, I did. I created uh, probably over 300 episodes. It's called Our Daily Devo. Uh, you can find that on uh, Apple or or any of the other streaming podcast videos. But it's just a simple, you know, five minutes, six minutes daily. Um, I called it devotionals, but it was a scripture reading and kind of my insight into that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it was pretty powerful. Um, yeah. when you go through those and listen to them, you know, there's, uh, several episodes that talk about the nephew I mentioned that I lost and the impact of that, the impact he had on the world. Um, yeah, but I love doing that. It's probably something that I will pick up again. I haven't done that in a long time, but that is still out there for people to enjoy. And, you know, if you listen to that and, uh, you get value from it, I'd love to hear, you know, feedback on it as well. So thank you for bringing that up, Louis. Yeah, of course. Well, Todd, it, it's it's been a real pleasure to have you on, man. You um, thank you guys. Yeah, thank thanks for being here. You're you're very inspiring. So I've, I'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. So thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you guys. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate thanks, the opportunity. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed the Wayfinder Show. If you got value from this episode, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will allow us to help more people find their way to live more authentic and exciting lives. We'll catch you on the next episode.